Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. So if you're wondering what's really been going on in the world of television consumption, streaming services, we've probably got the man that knows more than most in Australia about what's going on in streaming, at least, and that's Mike Sneesby, CEO of Stan. Welcome, Mike. There's a lot of things happening in the world of streaming, both here and in the US. Where you're sitting right now and what you're seeing and how Australians are consuming content and how they're consuming television, both streaming, free-to-air, pay, a subscription what are you making now of what's going on versus what you might have seen a couple of years ago? Well, today there's no doubt that uh, the way that consumers in Australia are consuming their television has changed dramatically in the last four or five years, certainly since Stan and Netflix launched here in the market and really have you know driven that take up of uh, on-demand video. But if you sort of broadly classify internet streamed video, much of which is going to big screen TVs these days as television, There's no doubt in my mind that Australians are consuming far more television in total than they ever consumed before. Now, on our platform specifically, we've spoken publicly about some of the numbers. Obviously, our subscriber base is growing very quickly, but in the last six months, we've also given some indication around the usage per subscriber, which um, in this last six months, we indicated was about 40% up on a per subscriber basis year on year. So, we're that, seeing, that is the amount of time they're spending on, on Stan, is that what you mean? Exactly. The amount of time they're actually st- spending streaming, the amount of hours that they are streaming per account on Stan. So not only are the numbers of subscribers growing, but the amount that each of those subscribers uh, are consuming is also growing. Now, make no mistake, um, you know, we are taking up a big chunk of television viewing, but I think the reality is these days the the mechanisms and the way in which you can consume television, whether it's through Stan um, as an SVOD service or whether it's through a uh, free-to-air streaming service like Nine Now or whether it's traditional broadcast television or cable TV with Foxtel. It is really a broadening landscape, um, much more television being consumed than ever before and, uh, you know, a bigger range of products for consumers to tune into. For Stan's uh, customers, that 40% that you talk about increase in time spent streaming, what is the time? How much are they spending on Stan at the moment then? Oh, look, I won't go into the, the exact numbers. The um, range might be somewhere in three to five hours a month, or a week, I should say, or what would be a broad range that would keep you happy and safe, Mike Sneesby? <laughs> you could. You could. Look, overall, another number we have given in market is on average across the Stan platform, you know, somewhere between a million and a million and a half hours being streamed every single day, seven days a week. And so the way I sort of try and put that into perspective is uh, most people would know that on a free-to-air network these days, on a on a premiere on a Sunday night, if you pulled a million or a million and a half audience um, for an hour, that's a big that's a big audience to pull for a free-to-air. Um, we're pulling that one million to a million and a half hours per day, every day of the week. Uh, and so the, the volume that we're seeing in terms of streaming is is material. Your subscriber base is sitting again between one and one and a half million. Is it 1.5, your latest number? The last public data point was over 1.6 million active subscribers and uh, the business continuing to grow strongly. Uh, we turned EBITDA positive in March of this year, which was um, slightly ahead of the guidance that we gave to market, the guidance to be um, EBITDA positive over the final quarter for this year. So 
the business is uh, tracking particularly well and um, extremely happy with the growth we've seen in subs. You still see some headroom there too, Mike, though. Where do you see your natural uh, capping on, on subscriber numbers at least? Look, I think the, the makeup of the market and how it evolves over time will obviously have an influence on where we end up as a subscriber number. I think for us, we can easily be a 3 million to 5 million subscriber business in this market and those dynamics will, will come out over the next couple of years as the market sort of shakes out. I think the most important thing for us, particularly in that uh, March um, flipping of the business into EBITDA positive, you know, demonstrating that as a independent leading local streaming service, we can we can run a business that is profitable uh, on meaningful scale. You know, as this business starts to scale up beyond two million to three million plus subscriber numbers, it becomes a really meaningful business in terms of not just its revenue, but its positioning as a partner for major Hollywood studios and as a producer of content here locally. And I think that's that's one of the key things that differentiates us from. Netflix. Netflix has a, a global model. Uh, they are creating original content where they themselves have said that the majority of their content on platform over time will be their own original production. So they're effectively becoming, uh, you know, a major studio in themselves. So there's been some white flags in recent weeks uh, from Foxtel in, in regards to Netflix, um, and we've seen Netflix globally undercooked in, it, in meeting its, for its subscriber forecast. But if we get to the Australian market, it's not as crowded as the US yet, but there's a bit more happening. What do you read into the Foxtel Netflix alliance? What would you be doing? Oh, look, I don't see it as a white flag. I think uh, it's a natural progression in this marketplace. And uh, as I said, if you if you look at uh, the strategy of Stan and Netflix and Foxtel, we all have exclusive content. We all have original productions that we create that are exclusive to our platforms. And so it makes sense as the world of television evolves, you know, Foxtel plays in both spaces as a content provider and as a platform provider with their their set-top box. So it makes sense that they would go down that path. I mean, certainly I look forward to now that they've launched the product and they've got a, you know, a clearer view on what the roadmap looks like, look forward to speaking to Patrick and his team about partnering with Stan around that as well. And I, and I think it would make sense. Um, as I said, I don't, think, I don't think it's a white flag. I think it's a really natural progression in the world of um, television streaming over the internet. So historically, Nine's customers and partners, which have been advertisers, look at Stan with their chops licking. Oh, that's literally, there's this uh, really targeted, you know your customers, you know who they are, you know when they're on, you can deliver, etc. The, the idea of advertisers and media agencies look at, look at uh, Mike Sneesby's business and go, can we have a piece of that, please? I know you're smiling already, Mike, because you know what the, you know what the question is going to be. I oh, know what the answer is going yes, to be. Yes, keep, yes. keep licking the chops. That's right. <laughs> Never any ads on stand. Is he going to say that one again? Is that right? <laughs> Look, I think um, you know you go back to the the good old um, saying that just because you can make money out of selling something doesn't necessarily mean you should. Generally, what we've seen when we've and this is not something which I've uh, you know stuck my head in the sand and said we shouldn't we shouldn't consider this. We've actually. You know, we've looked at numbers and modelled these sorts of things, um, you know, over the years that we've been in business. And basically what the consumers are saying is that uh, they'd prefer to pay a dollar or two more for the service than they would um, accept ads on the service. And I think that's, that is the reality. The, the yield of subscription services in terms of paid service um, is high relative to advertising yields, particularly in terms of being able to create um, incremental inventory in market. And so... The reality is um, our op- our opportunity here is to continue to build a subscriber base and a subscriber base base who values paying for the content. And we've proven 
uh, year on year that uh, the business model is successful. Well, it's interesting you say that, right, because the ongoing criticism of the digital market is that advertising doesn't necessarily fund enough content. We've seen YouTube and uh, pull out of uh, a paid subscription. It's going to ad funded, ironically. I think the question here, though, is have you modelled a, a hybrid AVOD service, an advertising video on-demand service with Nine, so you could sit there and see maybe there's some some technology and some white labelling that Stan could deliver for a more broader AVOD service? Uh, is that been through the been through the crunches? Um, because we are a, a pure play internet business, a lot has to do with the simple sign-up process and the simple choice for consumers. It's amazing how um, the smallest modification to the experience for the consumer can make the decision of a product much more complex and do much more damage to your subscription signups than you get in value in return. So people don't have to be confused by that proposition. I think once you introduce more steps to a sign-up process, more decisions, um, you end up in you know consumer decision dilemma. Can your capabilities be transferred to some, some other part of Nine, your technology capabilities, your understanding about how to deal with users? Can that be used in another part of Nine? Yeah, look, I think certainly um, the team at Stan, the tech team at Stan, has done a great job of scaling the platform, uh, particularly getting out onto all of the different um, technology hardware platforms that that, uh, that are there. But, uh, and, you know, needless to say, that's happening in the free-to-air space now. The Nine Now team um, has a different set of challenges. And that, without going into the details of the technology, the ad-serving um, and ad-delivery technology is extremely complex. Um you know, I think one of the one of the most common gripes in uh, ad funded video on demand is not just the ads because they're receiving them, but how they're receiving them, the relevance of them, the way that they are inserted at what points in in programming. Now that that technology challenge is not a simple one to solve, and I think some platforms have done a better job than others. But but uh, I think I think the challenges for ad funded video on demand are very different to the challenges. Uh, that we have in in the SVOD space. It's, you know, as much as we're ultimately, you know, streaming content, we are behind a paid wall, uh, encrypted content delivery, um, behind a authentication wall. AdFunded is obviously not behind an, an authenticated wall with a very different set of um, technology challenges. So as much as they look quite similar uh, at the front end, uh, video streaming to an app that you consume on a bunch of different devices, there is quite a bit of difference in the technology infrastructure in the background. The value of the business, um, let's go there for a sec. There's some numbers that say you might be worth anywhere between two and three billion now, Mike, for Stan. Does that sound like something you like? Well, that that, that number is higher than what I've seen in market, but certainly... Um, You'd be happy with it? Yeah, look, I think those kind of numbers for a four, just over four-year-old business um, are relatively unheard of in internet startups, um, certainly in the Australian market. So our ability to uh, to deliver on the business plan um, to deliver for consumers and convert that into value for shareholders, um, I think is something we're we're all extremely pr- proud of. So the macro views on uh, at least in the US, and we'll we'll have a, a similar view here in a second. But it, it is looking pretty crowded in the US with streaming streamers. You've got Disney Plus is coming in, sixty to ninety million uh, subscriber ambitions. HBO Max, HBO is broadening out. You've got Time Warner and AT and T all in there on that. Amazon Prime, CBS, uh, All Access. There's a lot of new services coming on. Where do we see all this going, Mike? What's going to happen? Yeah, look, I don't think we'll see the same market makeup uh, in international markets that we see in the US from the major players, and the reason being that uh, the you know every market is different, and the opportunity for those mo- major players is different. Certainly. Disney, of all the majors, Disney uh, is the one who has 
um, made a commitment to launching their service into international markets. So they put a date, obviously, on their US launch. Which is October or something, isn't it? Is it yeah, somewhere somewhere later this year and then um, uh, with more information to follow around what their plans are for international. I think the difference with all of the other players is um, they've given indication about their intentions for the US, uh, but they haven't disclosed too much about international markets. And I think it's fair to say what we've seen certainly early on from the majors is is the content that is being created for um, some of these streaming services that we'll launch is actually becoming available for us to license in international markets. So that is a fairly good indication that um, intent for um, certainly Australia and other international markets is some way off yet, if at all, uh, it will occur. We feel... Um, we feel good about our position in market. There will be some change, but we feel confident about uh, the strength of our partnerships and what we bring to the market. We would expect, though, Mike, to see Disney Plus come into this market. I think there's the, is that a is that a, is that a reasonable assumption from a, an uninformed person across the desk from you that Disney Plus will be here? You know what I know is you know only what Disney has announced and put publicly into the marketplace, which is you know they have an intention to launch uh, into international territories around the world. I think it's probably fair to say that uh, Disney will take a look at every market independently because their position in those markets and how their uh, their brand is um, how their brand is positioned and what their assets are in those markets uh, varies from country to country. So I think it's fair to say that they will launch internationally, and I think they will take a market by market approach, making sure that they leverage the most of their assets in every market that they launch in. So we've got Stan, Netflix. We will have Disney Plus. I'm, I'll put my money on that one. Uh, and then we've got 10 with all access via CBS. We have Foxtel. We're talking maybe five or six streaming players there in some sort of iteration. Do you reckon that's about it or we, we, is there some wiggle room for some new entrants as well? The economics of our business is pretty straightforward. You know, you could you could have a guess at what my uh, average um, subscriber revenue look like based on the plans that are publicly available in market. Um, you can multiply that by a subscriber number and you can get to, you know, revenue numbers now and in the future and that's essentially what... Um, the analysts out there in market do when they consider what they think uh, Stan is worth and and what the future success of the business might look like. But the reality of what those numbers tell you is that in order to be able to uh, operate a business that is profitable, um, you have to be at scale and you have to be able to charge a certain amount. So I think the challenge uh, will be, and I say this, um, I've said this many times over, if, if a service brings a broad enough range of content and in particular content that is adding something to the market and, and is desirable to consumers, i.e. exclusive shows that they're making at a big enough volume, then they will have success at getting to a level of scale and being able to charge, you know, a price point that you would need to, um, let's say somewhere between, I think, you know, niche services somewhere down around $6 up to the kind of range that Stan and Netflix uh, charge at. But uh, you look at those numbers. You still have to. You still have to get to a meaningful level of scale. You know, as we're talking about, Stan being at over one point six million actives and um, having recently become profitable off the back of that. So, I think what we'll see is uh, some services will launch. Not all services, I think, will stay in their same form uh, for the long term. There'll obviously be a bit of uh, change in the market over that time. We're seeing. Lots of M and A activity happening at the you know at the US level. Obviously, the obvious one with uh, Disney, Fox, and and uh, Disney now also um, gaining control of Hulu as part of that transaction. AT and T, Time Warner, HBO, Time Warner, HBO. There's plenty of discussion around CBS and Viacom and what might happen there over time. 
So I think those those uh, M and A activities will also um, determine what the future looks like, and um, the outcome most certainly will be some level of consolidation. So I think um, you know without without talking around the answer to the question because the if the content is there, um, more services will be able to exist. If the content is not there, um, those services simply won't you know manage to get themselves to a level of scale. Um, which means they'll work it out before they launch or they won't stick around for too long. Okay, and to wrap it up, so what's working in marketing for Stan? Your thoughts on brand as well because it's a big debate in the, in the industry at the moment. Look, for us, we've always uh, talked about our big first-run exclusive shows, uh, including our original productions, as the driver of subscriptions on service, and that continues to be the case. That's the case um, with Netflix as well, It was right? the case with Netflix, and I think, you know, um, just talking to your point before about their, their recent results um, – they say this consistently. We say exactly the same thing. When we have a great uh, quarter or half of programming, it's reflected in our subscriber numbers. Um, when you don't have a great half or quarter of programming, um, likewise. And I think, you know, fair to say for us, we've had an extremely strong 12 months in programming and that's been a big driver of our subscription take-up in this last 12 months and the acceleration of our growth as a business. Um Obviously, Netflix in that period of time didn't have such a great um, period of, of programming to underpin their business. I think that's, you know, swings and roundabouts. You've seen plenty of quarters and halves where it's been the opposite to that, which is an overperformance over versus forecast. Um, so for us, those big premium shows continue to be what drives the subscription take-up. Uh, obviously, marketing those. And, and um, for us now, we're over 50 first-run exclusive shows per year. So if you sort of lay that out on a schedule on average it's um it's around one every week that we are launching either the return of an existing show so say a brand new season of a of a billions um or the launch of a brand new show that's uh on platform so the challenge for us now as a marketing engine you know the two big parts of our business in terms of expenditure and driving growth the content the programming lineup and then how we bring that to market and tell consumers about it you know, the challenge for us with that that depth of slate is how do you choose, position and target your shows to the right audiences as you roll out show after show. And, you know, as I say, it's on average, it's uh, it's one show a week, but because uh, we drive our international, um, sorry, our first run exclusives off the international release date, so we drop shows day and date with their uh, US broadcast, you don't always get the luxury of choosing a neat schedule of one show every week. So, we'll often end up with a situation where we've got two or three shows that are launching right on top of each other. But overall, you need to smooth your um, your ability to promote those shows and um, acquire subscribers. So that's really the challenge for our our marketing team. You know, we're, we're a, a business that's always on marketing now. You'll, you'll see Stan in every media channel. Um, all we've the even time. been on McDonald's wrappers, I believe. <laughs> we've been, there's probably, there's not much we haven't put an ad on. The McDonald's component was actually part of a, a partnership that we did with McDonald's and there's sort of outside of our traditional uh, paid advertising model. We obviously do quite a bit uh, in terms of partnerships. We have a partnership with Qantas. So if you've been on the Qantas in-flight um, system recently, you would have seen a stand exclusive channel uh, as part of that. And that was part of a broader partnership with Qantas. Um, as you pointed out, uh, we have done a, um, a family uh, a family meal promotion with McDonald's where Stan was part of that through in-store promotions nationwide. And so it's all about um, working with big branded partners whose brand values and uh, proposition in market align to what we do. And 
if you have a look at anything you'll see us doing with our partners, you'll always see a fit between what it is that the partner does, what their product is and what their brand values are and what we bring to market. Should advertisers be, with all the growth you're talking about and ad-free services, should advertisers be worried and should television be worried? No, look, I think um, coming back to what I said before about, you know, you were asking me about the new prime time and that positioning versus free-to-air, there is so much room in our very busy schedules for delivering and consuming content. I think we get a little bit fixated on Stan and Netflix because our growth trajectory um, has been so big and it's a it's a fairly new and exciting category in terms of our position in market. But there is plenty of opportunity out there for engaging with consumers. There is a space for ad-funded content. Um, it's a different proposition. It'll have a different aspect of programming to it. Um, and it'll be targeted at consumers who value that product proposition. So absolutely um, not a world where we should be concerned about ad-funded content will continue to have its place. I think the landscape in that area will continue to evolve as it all, always has, um, but certainly there's room for plenty in this um, ad world. And Well, look, I know you've got to be careful. You've got a, a shareholder and an owner that's in the advertising business. So I realise you can't say anything. I, it looks to me like there's a shrinking pool is probably my point. I honestly don't say that because Nine's a 100% shareholder of Stan. I say it you know, as, a, as somebody who's been in digital media for a long time. In terms of the fundamental desire or value for ad-funded content, it's still there. It's a matter of a changing landscape. Mike, it needs to be a fascinating conversation. Thank you. We look forward to an update in a few months when you put another million subscribers. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Paul. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button to get a free notification every time we release a new episode.